Winter is coming and it could be one of the coldest winters ever. Right now, extreme cold air from Canada blowing down over the relatively warm water in the Great Lakes. That sets up a weather, weather pattern that's being called a winter storm of historic proportions. Up to six feet of snow possible in some places from Michigan to New York, affecting millions of people, potentially paralyzing the Northeast. And bitter cold temperatures are hitting much of the country. When the weather turns cold, it is good to have your investments prepared. Every year we turn to stocks like Generac and Home Depot for power outages and snow. We bundle up with overpriced puffer jackets from Canada Goose. There's Walmart to stock up on essentials, utility companies, uh, ski resort stocks. Now is the time to think about which stocks you'll want to get into if this winter ends up being even colder than usual. And today on Dumb Money, we are making our list and checking it twice to be prepared for winter weather that's not so nice. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. We can't say for sure whether this winter is going to be dramatically colder than usual, but I do know for a fact that this is the earliest in the season that we have ever talked about winter storm trades here on Dumb Money. Before we get into the cold weather stock picks, though, we have to warm up the old YouTube algorithm. Take a second, light up that like button. It is the only thing we'll ever ask you to do. It's quick, it's easy, it's free. Guys, I think this year, more than uh, ever, we need to consider other things for our cold weather stock trades because of inflation and high interest and recession and some supply chain problems. Our usual go-to, Generac, is massively underperforming the market. Generac's stock is down around 70% year-to-date. The SPY is around 17%. So um, we also know that Generac, as of six months ago, was working through a backlog of over $1 billion of home generator demand. They uh, confirmed on their earnings call a couple weeks ago that they still have a backlog. So for me, any unanticipated widespread power outages this winter doesn't really do much for the stock. But I have seen people online, like on Seeking Alpha, who disagree with me. And so I wanna know what you guys think. Um, gr great question, Dave. First of all, as it pertains to generator, Let's just set the fact that aside that we don't have actual real data that proves that we're gonna have any sort of meaningful differentiated winter season as a whole. Yeah, um, but we yeah. do know that okay. we have we'll a massive storm hitting earlier than usual, and they're saying it's okay. historic. Re yeah, a historic regional storm. Uh, but let, let's talk about Generac. Um, I, I, I don't think it matters whether or not any sort of storm would have a real meaningful impact on Generac sales. Because the key here, I think now more than ever, because we just can't rely on isolated data anymore, at least during this in, in this macro market environment yep. to make any good decisions. Because listen, we've seen before that regardless of what consumer demand looks like, more often than not, it's inflation, cost controls, logistics, supply chain issues um, that are hitting the stocks on the earnings side. So I, I think it's more about 
getting ahead of these trades and being really quick to get in and out of them. I do think still you will see stocks like Generac, like Home Depot, still have that kind of 24 to 48 hour pop just as part of that storm trade. You just need to be a little bit early. Do I think this particular storm is worthy of that kind of a trade though? I mean, what do you think? Isn't this hitting an area of the country that, it, it, Dave, what's the difference between three feet and six feet of snow? I think at that some this, point, yeah. does it even matter anymore? And, and that's what, and that's the thing. There, the this was a Today Show top story this morning, and we picked this show topic well in advance of that. So that's, you know, that's kind of the thing. I don't think that this particular storm is going to cause any significant, measurable thing for for the stocks. But I do think that this is like our early wake up call that it's time to make that list, like figure out which stocks we want to look at, and then you know, because we we do the show. Every year we've kind of talked about winter storm trades, but I think this year we need to like add on like, okay, so Generac, we normally would say, yeah, they, they get a pop when there's a uh, power outage. Now they can't sell any more generators because they can't make them fast enough. And they are already working through this huge backlog, especially for residential, but also their industrial applications. They have a, they have a backlog and they were talking about it. Uh, 14 days ago on their earnings call. So yeah, that's why I, I think that maybe, you know, just going back to the usual list isn't quite, we're not quite there yet um, because we don't know if there's going to be huge demand for general things by some of these larger companies, but we could look at smaller companies that, uh, that could be impacted by things like this. And so I've got a small cap. Well, I, I think we should, yeah, we, we should do that. I don't, let's, let's like take but a look I'm at our normal at stocks. I'm looking at a small cap. What, what's okay. that? So I think we should take a look at our normal stocks and kind of filter it through the, you know, what is what is the current macro situation mean for those and then find new ones. And I think your small small caps yeah, so might small be the caps, place to so look. You know, they're based they're in the northern United States. They um, they make snow plows. They make salting equipment um, and they install those things, just general vehicles as well. Um, they're a small cap. They're, they're worth like eight or nine hundred million dollars. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're regional, they're United States. I, I think it's interesting. It's something that I could keep an eye on. The ticker symbol is plow, by the way. Oh, that's an easy yeah, one. I, 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 Jordan, I've looked into those guys before. By the way, speaking of snow plows. So is, is it any... time to upgrade your snow plow? That's the question. No, is the, uh, let me tell you something. Is there any better business to be in? In, in the Northeast, my parents have to pay like, I don't know, $1,500 or $3,000 or some thousands and thousands of dollars per winter just to have a plow truck come plow their driveway if it snows. And if it doesn't snow, they still paid that money in advance. Like what if what a great cash flow business to buy, to get a truck, get a plow and all these guys like they're all full. You can't even get guys to plow to, to, on these contracts up in the Northeast. Like it just seems like such a no-brainer business. That's a, that's we're sidetracking now. But uh, plow Jordan is probably <laughs> listen. I don't think it matters whether companies like Plow actually benefit or not. Let's if anything, the only way I'm they benefit is if these companies decide to upgrade their equipment, right? And so you see, like maybe the snow starts earlier, and you're like, you know what? It's uh, it's year to this is the year to upgrade our uh, I, our plowing equipment. I don't think that's the trade. I think the trade are retail investors who are looking to for companies that would benefit don't do a lot of research and buy them temporarily and you just got to buy them a day before that and then yeah. sell the day after that and not wait around to see if this snowstorm actually does impact sales of plow or right, but, but for like for any you know for any well, 
you're looking at bigger companies that need like bigger trends. So you're looking at things like UGG Boots or, you know, VF Corp that owns, uh, that, uh, you know what I mean? Or you're looking at Canada Goose, which is a terrible company or, I mean, you know, all sorts of different things. That, but I know, think that kind of those retail traders might jump into. And so you're this looking is, to This is one of those that. trades though. for people that might actually benefit from this. And so I think that's the difference. No, and no, I'm looking, I, you're getting, no, I'm looking at companies that other idiots are going to think would benefit from XYZ event and they're going to buy a day after I buy them because I'm only buying them because I think someone else is going to buy them when it, it hits the Today Show or whatever, when it actually happens, right? As, yeah. as we start getting into it. But we've seen in the past, remember when we did an episode where we talked about the significance of easy to remember stock tickers for retail investors? Plow is one of those that if you think like, oh, snow people might be buying snow plows, just the fact that you, like, Douglas Dynamics is not a company that I've ever heard of, but Plow well, is a stock cap, ticker right? that I can remember. It's a little bit more dangerous even. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's a... And, and just looking... looking at, uh, you're looking at annualized, I mean, they, you know, they're... They're still down from their height um, a couple of years ago, but, uh, but, but just yeah, looking, Jordan, at, looking at the stock chart, going back to like they were mirroring the S and P five hundred nearly perfectly yeah. until October, and then the the spy went up, but then Douglas has taken off. This this uh, chart this this chart tells me that we might have already missed the trade. We should have well, been looking at this well, in October. What trade are you talking, Dave? What trade are you talking about? The, the trade hasn't happened. <laughs> I mean, the trade that I'm thinking of in my head is some ridiculous storm or combination of storms or or anomaly storm that's going to cause investors to buy s stupid stuff, right? Like like the Plow Company, like Home Depot, like Generac, and and the, the stock will pop for 24 to 72 hours. And Plow's you just already up 32%. In. That I'm just shocked. That's well, all. A I'm shocked, and I think I might have missed the trade. Maybe, that, but that's a different yeah, trade. Yeah, already happened, right? So that's a different trade. It, that that was based. I, I don't follow these stocks, but I I can just assure you that there was some reason why that happened, right? I'm an earnings call. Like they they started going up before their earnings, and it looks like they beat expectations by twenty five percent on earnings and seven percent on revenue, and okay. they took off from there. Okay, and there were small caps, so they do move like that. Are we buying Generac or not? Here's a question, because I don't, I, when is this storm going to hit in Michigan, this epic storm? I, Saturday, I or through, it's it's going to happen basically starting now. They already have people standing out with thermometers in the cold weather, uh, and it will basically end on Saturday. Okay, so if I were to trade this storm, I would probably get into these trades today and be out of these trades tomorrow, end of March, out out in, ho in hopes that there will be additional news flow coming out tomorrow about this epic storm. And then some number of retail traders are going to crowd into what I assume is an e-liquid stock in plow. All right. And, and I, but I don't, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, but if I were to do it, that's how I would do it. We're not financial yeah, advisors. Plow, it, pro it does look pretty, <laughs> if you look at the chart, like it just kind of jumps up and down and it's not very liquid. So I, you know, I don't know how much you could actually invest in this. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't think I'm going to pile on to plow, and I'm definitely not going to invest in Generac. This is not the oh, this is not the time for me to get into Generac. Now, if well, I Generac's was a real other issues going on, and you know, I think just one winter storm isn't going to move the needle on a company like Generac. You need 
I mean, oh. they're a big global company, right? So no, and they have wrong. too much going wrong. on, and they have too many too many no. problems. They they were like our our golden oh. child back a while ago, and they've just been downhill. Wrong, wrong. Generac will absolutely will at the stock. You, you t- let's separate the two things. Jordan's talking about whether a actual big storm can move the revenue needle or anything for Generac, and you're probably right, Jordan. It probably will not. Um, for the most part, unless it's something really major at this point. But is but, it just part enough of the playbook that people will just jump into it? That's the question. Yes, right. that's it. That's always the trade on weather. It's yeah. always the trade on weather. It's it's trading other investors. It's, yes, for like, I don't want to use the word front running, but it, 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 it's getting ahead of other investors and getting out when they get in. You just have to be 24 hours early. I'm not sure if this storm... Uh, is going to be impactful enough with media attention tomorrow to actually move these stocks. We'll see. I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to watch them tomorrow. The reason why is because it's in Michigan. If it was in like the Northeast, right, or some other in the South or something like that, hell yes. Like you, you would get, you know, a lot more media attention and a lot more investor attention. And you would see that pop in a lot of these storm stocks that we usually see. I don't trust Michigan a Michigan storm to do that for us. I really yeah. don't. And Ohio okay. is expecting to get uh, three feet, um, eight to 12 inches for much of the Northeast, but it hits the Northeast. It, they know a, how to it, deal with it. it it's not it, like that, the Snowmageddon ice storm of all time that hit Texas and broke all of our pool equipment. And there were stock trades in uh, replacing pool equipment or sprinklers or that sort of thing. So just just so you know, in the event, we should be mentally prepared, as we always talk about. We're not financial advisors, but this is kind of our strategy of how we would think about these trades. You have to be mentally prepared to act on these trades well in advance. So if that ever were to happen again, that ice storm, a, a ice storm in the south of that deg- degree, I have to buy the pool companies. I have to buy pool. I have to buy. There's like three or four of them, right? And I, well, I have so, to buy so all to be clear, them. the pool company thing only makes sense if we get very severe winter storms in the South because you realize that once you go above like the red river, like people winterize their pools and it's not an issue. Agreed. Totally agree. I'm just saying in the event that that were to happen, I think that's the trade for me. Um, By the way, I think this is probably the biggest thing I could contribute to today's show is be really careful um, about investing in kind of cold weather apparel stocks if we get a super cold wind winter but it doesn't that winter doesn't hit until late if it's like a a late january february winter because what really matters for a lot of these cold weather stocks is what happened in november and early december um if they if this continues to be a warm ish winter because it has been a warmer than average winter so far correct me if i'm wrong for the majority of our country and if that continues through the end of the year I hate to say it, that's a net that's a net negative for Goose, for Decker Outdoors, uh, for um, you know North uh, the, uh, is it VF VFC? Corp with North Face, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, yeah North you know, Face, uh, which Canada is owned Goose, by VF with their Corp. jackets, with any of these guys. Yeah, because listen, they need to sell. They need to sell stuff now, like going into the holidays. They need right. to sell stuff now. Well, and that's the thing, right? So that's where we, we initially got this idea because we found some uh, weather charts of the Arctic that were showing. Basically, the you know weather patterns are colder in the Arctic Circle this year than they were last year. So the problem is that you know if that's if that's accurate, and it might be, it might not be. But if 
so what's happened in the last few years is that that weather can kind of leak out and those cold fronts can leak out and that causes the problem. But if they stay confined to the Arctic, then, you know, you don't get these broad based cool downs across Europe and the United States. And so it's just it really depends on how that, you know, how those weather systems behave. Yeah, Jordan, there are there are so many ways that that could play out that that whole Arctic bubble up there. I, yeah. I read a bunch of comments on it. To, it. It feels to me like it's almost irrelevant. Like it means it's almost completely meaningless. So I don't trust it. And even if we do get a cold winter, it doesn't matter if it's a late cold winter. That that, that doesn't help a lot of the companies I normally trade on colder than normal winter weather patterns. Uh, usually what I like to see is cold weather hit in November and then early December. The closer we get to, to Christmas, uh, the more likely these retailers are going to start uh, discounting cold weather merchandise if it's not selling. And once they start discounting, there's no going back. It's a real problem. Uh, that said, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the number one you know, factor uh, that will impact a lot of these cold weather stocks, but it's an important factor. Like Goose generally tries to sell everything they could make and they never discount it. You see Goose starting to discount that's a huge problem for them. I'm not saying that they have, but that's something to watch out for. We have some uh, amazing um, comments coming in. Antithesis says that uh, he's investing in not stocks, but socks, so they can turn off the heat. <laughs> um, um, people are trolling you, Chris, for your um, your cat purchases, your cat NFTs, uh, cat milk proving to be deflationary. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I sold almost all my cats a long time, my my NFT cats a long time ago, my cool cats. So uh, that was one I was fortunate to get out of. Can't say that about all my NFTs. But Pedro says that um, uh, you got unusually cold fast in Nashville, uh, 30s during the day, 20s at night. I think that, I don't know if it's just me getting older and feeling cold when I go outside more, but I think it's colder here in Dallas, Texas than it has been Dave, in November. No, Dave. Because you're not here. We just had one cold snap. It just happened the last two days, two, three days. <laughs> if you would have been here at all before the last two, three days, you would have realized that this is the warmest November I think we've ever had. Uh, I don't know if it's the warmest ever, but it's been exceptionally warm through late October and early to mid-November. Exceptionally warm, except for the last few days. And I believe that's how it's been most of uh, throughout most of the country. So right now... It's not a cold winter, and you can't really go all in on these cold winter trades, especially the ones related to apparel, because that stuff needs to sell right now. Now, could there be a storm trade that happens in the next two to four months? Yeah, there could be a storm trade. I'm watching out for that. I will, I will, I will always get in on that storm trade. The, the key is you just got to get in early. That's all. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. By the way, I know that Jordan put out this episode idea, and I'm so upset with myself because I totally forgot about the episode I really wanted to do this week. 
can we do it we, the, can we do it next week it's thanksgiving next week can we i don't know can we find the time to do an yeah, episode we can, next i mean to do like monday monday or tuesday can we because that's the episode i'm actually most excited about right now um so guys i'm sorry to tease that but we actually do have an episode that i promise is not about shoes uh, <laughs> there's no no that was, that was my one requirement is we're, we're yeah, done no with two episodes for for now um it's an episode about something that is an anomaly that's happening this uh this right now in the month of november uh it's something that we haven't seen in 13 years uh that's my clue it's something that we have not seen in 13 years that is happening this november and it is really rare and it is impacting, I think, numerous companies. And Jordan uh, has a really good trade that he came up with around this change. And we're going to talk about it on Monday. Uh, so sorry for the tease, but I I'm looking forward to that one. I have nothing to contribute to today's episode other than be careful with cold weather fashion. Stuff. I, I have something to contribute. I was trying to figure out if it's actually been a warmer or cooler fall than average. And according to one source, uh, NOAA, the government weather people, say that it's warmer and drier in the south uh, going uh, because of El Nino. And then CNN, right under that, same day, October 20th, they report, it's a cooler than normal winter. Well, I guess they're saying winter. And yeah. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're NOAA is saying warmer fall, cooler winter. It, it, it's been warmer. It's definitely, I, listen, it's definitely been warmer. No doubt about it. Um, been warmer. But can we talk about FTX for a second? Can, can we just? Oh, can we? Can we, can we pat to. ourselves? Can we pat ourselves? I want to pat ourselves on the back for a second here, okay? Not to say anything negative about anyone that didn't make this decision, because I don't think this is a very hard thing for people to wrap their head around that a company could have done what this company did. And I don't blame anybody that was doing ads and stuff like that. But I had an op. I I I was reached. I had an opportunity, and you did, and we had an opportunity at Dumb Money to do to make quite a bit of money off of FTX. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit of money. I just want everybody in our world to know that we said no, and we didn't say no because we didn't. We did research on FTX, and we knew that they were fraudulent or whatever. Right? Like, we said that's no not because we say no to all advertising. We yes. like if we were. I thought that this Sam, uh, what, what are they calling him? Ripoff fraud now. Um, I think that I think that's what they call him, but that it's, it's going around Sam yeah. bankrupt fraud, I think is what they're calling him. Oh, is that the, is that the, yeah, that's, that's the new meme or at least I, don't I saw that. I don't, I don't know, but he seemed like he was the one testifying to Congress. He, he, he did such a good job of like when they, when they make this an American greed episode, it has such a perfect like backstory of like doing all those things that normally happen to build up your reputation so that you are the least detected person to walk away with billions of dollars. Do you think he walks away, Dave? I think that he doesn't, I, I don't know. I don't know what exactly his personal financial situation is. I know that uh, oh, FTX gave him loans of, of uh, millions or billions. I can't remember what the headline said. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's personally going to end up with this. I just think that the whole thing blew up and customers are, are not going to see their money again. And and then after that, uh, the BlockFi and Genesis freeze yesterday. BlockFi uses or BlockFi and what's the other one? Um, oh, I, I've talked about them on my channel because of their credit card. 
what is it? Not BlockFi. Crypto, oh, Gen- uh, Genesis and uh, and Gemini. BlockFi is the oh. one I had their credit card. Genesis is the big lending company that uh, Gemini uses for their earn program. And yesterday they froze the accounts or they froze froze the ability to withdraw from their earn program yeah. because of the yeah, people yeah. they were lending to were not only affected by Three Arrows Capital a while back, but now had more exposure than they initially said to uh, all, all I know, Dave, is this story has everything. This is going to be the greatest like film ever. Like yeah. it has everything. It has the the drama of the you know the shady stuff that they were doing as a group down there. The amphetamines, the the the, the hug, the um, what not not hugging parties. What do they call them? Like. Um, <laughs> What are they calling them down there? They're doing talking about hugging parties. parties. Yeah, they were doing like no. It's polygamy. They they had like a polygamy ranch or something. I I, allegedly whatever they want to call. If anybody wants to invite me to a snuggle party, don't. That sounds. That's like my worst nightmare. So so you're telling me like our dumb money 2023 get together shouldn't be a a snuggling. Not gonna be a cuddle party. If you want to do that, cuddle party. That's what it's called. I will leave when that starts to happen. I think I think snuggling is worse than cuddling. <laughs> oh, no. They both sound pretty bad to me. Just don't touch me. That's that's my. <laughs> we can have some drinks for as long as you want to. Just you know, we don't need to. We don't need to cuddle. There are apparently, according to the chat, there are ten different documentaries coming out about FTX in uh, 2023. Wouldn't be surprised. I just love that our next episode, which let's just let's just say we do something like Monday, right? So our our next our next episode uh, kind of came to light uh, during the ticker tags reunion dinner uh, last week, which was so awesome that it came to light when we were all talking about it. It was so good to see the old ticker tags uh, crew. By the way, I want to give a shout out, Jordan, to our new friend uh, who's one of the dumb uh, dumb money community member who created an ridiculously awesome platform that he's launching called ticker trends is it dot io jordan i don't remember what the url is but yeah it's called ticker trends ticker trends it's a very similar to what ticker tags was that we built back in the day um and what's really phenomenal about this guys is so as you all know i pay like you know twelve thousand dollars a year to buy uh data that allows me to see web trends going back a few years because you have to have that benchmark to see year over year data. And I try to share that with the community whenever it's relevant. But Ticker Trends actually cut a license similar web to where they are showing two year similar web web traffic data, which is insane. Uh, I think they're charging like $2.99 a month. So if you guys, if anyone has $2.99 a month and you want to buy it, um, one ninety nine for unlocked access. One ninety nine a month. Yep, dude, that is that's great data. That is that's expensive data. That's twelve thousand dollars a year for me personally to buy that data. So, so this this is not a sponsored. Uh, this is not a sponsorship. No, no it's not a. <laughs> we're not investors in Ticker Trends. We don't own any of it. We're not getting paid by them. But but no, it's it's one of our community members uh, who actually started watching our show a few years ago and decided to build this platform. He's a That's kid cool. that goes to SMU. He's so he's very actually nice. a student at SMU. Nice guy, by the way. Yeah, we, we, we took him out uh, last week and it was a lot of fun. So um, 
Anyway, uh, what else? I mean, my head is already on Monday's episode. I'm sorry. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about it. Are we going to? Because like I, it, are you going to tell tell people what the topic even is? I think I know which one it is. Is it the one that you texted about a, a while ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Have you made any trades on this one yet? Well, well, let's put it out there and have the community come up with their own trades, and let's talk about it on Discord, and we will reveal our trades on our next episode. So let's just reveal it right now. So um, the the incidence of flu in America is at a 13-year high. And beyond the incidence of flu being at a 13-year high, the, I think, hospitalization rates, death rates, um, but that really doesn't matter. We're not really talking about that. What we're talking about is the number of people who are just generally sick right now seems to be at a multi-decade high for the month of November. So what happened was uh, the flu season has started earlier. Uh, and we don't know how that's going to actually play out, but I think that's going to have an impact on a number of companies quarter. And there are a lot of things happening that as investors we can research related to products, related to companies, related to services that would benefit or be harmed by having an unusually number of an unusually high number of people sick right now, uh, going into the Thanksgiving holiday season. So again, potentially lots of trades. We will come to our next show with our favorite trades on this trend. Is it a trend? It's not a trend. I mean, what would you call it? It's not a trend it's a phenomenon. I mean, so like my whole house has had it for. I mean, except for me, but my whole. House has been uh, down for the count for like a week. Jordan, last week. The schools are literally like emptied out. Like it's absolutely insanity how few kids are at school. I've mm -hmm. never seen in my yep. life so many people at home sick. And if so, I have a picture. Dave, do you have that pic from that I sent y'all of the, uh, the 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 pharmacy out in L.A. that my buddies sent me, where the the the, the shelves were just completely wiped out of all cold and flu medicine you text me it, way too many just, things did you send that to the me and jordan I, group you, and jordan, text? Jordan, you and you and jordan you and, um but like i'll try to i'll look for it too here there it's 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 really interesting and i think jordan kind of has an interesting trade we'll talk about on monday um i have some trade ideas i haven't done anything yet i haven't i haven't bought anything and by the way i'll just i'll just reaffirm here I hate trading in this market. I just hate it. Yeah. I barely want to do anything, no matter how strong my thesis. Because does it even matter? I mean, does anything even matter other than the macro market right now? So again, sorry, but it's a crappy time to be an observational social arb investor. But we're still going to do our shows. We're going to talk about our thesis and our, you know, trades that could be interesting. Kleenex. Uh, is Kleenex Maybe. even public? Is that yeah. like a standalone? I don't, no. even, I don't know who Kleenex makes Kleenex. Is. Um, no, that's like Kimberly Clark like, or something, right? Yeah. Is it like Parker yeah, and Gamble don't... or something like that? Yeah, not a needle mover. Oh, Kimberly Clark. Weird. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy Kimberly Clark on that. All right, so we can't talk too much more about this because we'll have a show on Monday. But we will talk about our trades Monday. But guys, if you have any ideas, uh, dumbmoney.dumbmoney.tv dot TV forward slash Discord. Uh, let's talk about them in the Discord. Um, share ideas, vet them. Uh, let's do what we do best. Back to FTX. What? Why is this guy not arrested yet? Like, I'm well, he's not in the United States. I, I find it interesting that so you know there were rumors that he was being held by the Bohemian authorities. Uh, but then yesterday I saw 
pictures of him like walking around a supermarket and who knows, yeah. right? It's the internet. So th those pictures could be like a month old or whatever, but um, last I heard he was those authorities shipped back to the U S last I heard he was coming back to the U S to be uh, questioned by authorities, but no, I, yeah. So maybe that, I did hear that the um, New York uh, Manhattan district office is putting together charges. So um, fraud charges. So we'll see how that goes. But what be. about this new um, class action lawsuit against celebrities who endorsed it? Yeah. That yes, I think well, is the big story. So uh, you know, I've heard a few um, like state reps that took from FTX. <laughs> that well, no, they were one of the biggest donors to the Democratic Party. Right. So that, but you've got a, So you've got a. Uh, I mean, and some of those donors. So some of those state reps are giving the money back. Now you don't hear any of the big guys doing that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's a there's a lawsuit. It 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 has uh, Larry David. It's got um, you know the Brady's. The um, it's got a few other people. Um, it's probably got you know Kevin O'Leary. Um, it does. And yeah, I mean, if you took if you took promotional dollars from these guys, what what do you think? Should do you have to give but, that money back? Uh, that's the question. Is it your job as a spokesperson, as a you know, you're just a marketing face? Is yeah. it your job to research and understand crypto, or is it just is it just okay, you okay, being so paid me, to? Or, me, or does this fall under like a clawback? But then the fraud has to hit for the clawback to come in. Yes. I know that Tom so Brady had know. was paid partially, at least partially, in shares of FTX. And so that's wiped out. That but you know he was also paid in cash. He had to be. And so, like, so it, and it also kind of depends on the, the nature of what you say. Like the Larry David Super Bowl commercial is him being like, yeah, I don't know about this whole crypto thing. He Dave, didn't write those lines. It's an ad agency who wrote those like, lines. No, I was and... literally just saying that I didn't. Uh, I didn't okay, know. okay. So I, I have a great way to understand this. Okay, so here's the deal. Let's pretend that there is a full-on criminal. I mean, full-on criminal uh, that just needs to pull over like a crime on some people, and not a company, just a criminal. And that criminal comes to you and says, "Dave, I'm going to pay you five thousand dollars to I don't know." Go go on your show and promote this product that is just a it's it's not even real it's it's fake or whatever whatever it just it just there's nothing there you don't know this guy's a criminal but you go on there and you're like hey this guy Billy Bob uh, has these awesome things you should pay him for this stuff they're really cool and then a bunch of people pay this guy for these things and they never get them he just never sent him anything he was the whole thing was a fraud scheme right. It, it, it doesn't really matter whether you did research or not. That money was crime money, right? And you're going to have to give that money back. So it doesn't matter that you didn't do anything wrong, like you didn't realize it. it it's not that it's your fault even. It's just that that money has to come back. Now, the problem is when you put it under a big company, it's the same exact thing. There's no difference, right? There's no difference. It's still the same thing. It works the same way. And that's why Bernie Madoff, They've been able to claw back 75 cents of every single dollar because every penny that moved from Madoff to anyone, to anyone, to anyone else, that money is dirty money that will get clawed back. And yes, I have to tell you, based on the president of what happened with Madoff, this is a thing now. And I think every dollar is going to get clawed back from every person that received money for anything. That, that that can if 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 this goes down as the fraud that we think it is, and that doesn't necessarily mean that those people that did that stuff were bad people or made a mistake. Right. It's that's why I think. But you're saying like, the money. If you're somebody like Larry David, or if you're somebody like Kevin O'Leary, don't you just jump out in front of this and say, "Hey, look, I don't know what's going on. 
I'm actually yeah. going to give back all my endorsement dollars. I lost yeah. money in this. I'm going to lose yeah. money in this company. Hell, but you know what? Well, Kevin O'Leary was an investor in the company. Anybody that they paid me, I'm going to go. Let's create a fund that's going to go to making whole as many of the investors as possible, and I'm going to put those promotional dollars back in, right? And Kevin then, O'Leary has lost money. He was an investor in the company. Uh, I, I he was probably also receiving promotional money in exchange for, for or, or additional shares of FTX. Right. He was, um, yeah. I just don't know that, like, if you're talking about the Bernie Madoff money, that was, was that promoters? Like, Bernie wasn't running advertisements for his scam. He was basically just scamming people. This Dave, is this Dave, is different. Dave, Dave, if you, I believe the way it works is any money that goes out, like, it doesn't matter, like, it's going to get caught. If it came from, if it was, dirty money i think it comes back i think well the interesting back. thing here is the money the money that went to the advertising partners is one pool of money but all of the money that was left in the account they got hacked right around the time when it would have been convenient and all, anything left that was sitting in the account got drained out yeah i mean who knows I, what happened why there? is no one talking about that still well, people like, are like, talking about that it's a very six hundred million, seven hundred million on that Friday night they got hacked. Like everyone was talking about it for a day, and then no one talked about that again. I like I'm curious who was that? Like because there were rumors they're, that it was they're following the money. Basically, at this point, the last I saw that all of that hacked coins have been converted into Ethereum, and now it's one of the top holding Ethereum account. There's a wallet. Everyone's watching the wallet. They know where the money is. They just don't know whose money it is. And so likely that money will go into one of those uh, blender sites and then come out, you know, washed on the other end and someone's going to someone's going to get away with it. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. We know that there was a backdoor that allowed them to move money out of the platform and into their Alameda research uh, division without notifying anyone in the company. Um, I think that it's likely that there was... Um, that back door was not fully protected. Well, and somebody who had access, I, it had to be inside because how would it be so, why wouldn't they, they have um, drained the accounts before any of this went down? The, yeah. If it, was, if it was just, oh, this is a security flaw. If someone finds it, they would have drained it before, yeah, the, timing before is very the company fishy. blew up. The timing is very fishy. Oh, um, I, I'll tell you this, the, uh, reading some of his, I guess, DMs, or messages that he sent, I guess, to Vox and stuff like that the last couple of days. That to me is stunning. He's literally making fun of the entire system and the complex. He's basically has come out from what I from what I'm interpreting and is stating that he didn't care about compliance. He thinks compliance is a joke. It's all basically a front. They pretend to be compliant. They can pretend to talk to regulators. And the entire thing was like a joke to him. Um, the fact that they had so few employees working on stuff like i don't know if it was an intentional from the very beginning like an intentional we're going to just defraud or if they're that i i I almost think it's more incompetence than intentional fraud i think they built this thing they didn't have a cfo they weren't really watching what was going on and they got uh over leveraged and then a bank run happened because one of their enemies cz uh tweeted and they were that like just a house of cards ready to collapse. So, so on one hand, okay, he went to MIT. I think, I think, right? I don't know that it was intentional from the beginning, but there's so much evidence that 
what he was doing was just building a reputation. Of, he had a squeaky clean re reputation. That, and that's why I think celebrities were willing to do an endorsement. I don't think that anybody suspected that he was going to turn fraudster. And I don't even know that he knew that he was going to be fraudster. But once it starts I, to fall apart. I mean, but it I sounds like if, if what we hear is true, then, you know, somebody was committing some sort of crime the whole time, right? If all of that stuff is true. So, all right. So first of all, he had, he had, you know, a very shady compliance officer, I guess, formerly was over the, the fraud ring with online offshore online casinos where they were basically, you know, uh, defrauding players in those online casinos. That's just amazing to me. By the way, the Sequoia comes out and says that they did due diligence and they didn't see who the compliance officer of the company was or that they didn't have controls in place. I mean, that that's just ridiculous, Sequoia's part. Um, uh, also- But I you have to remember that the due diligence that these VCs that were trying to, like the entire crypto market was just going up. There was a mad race to be an investor in the companies that were supposedly just killing oh, it. We know, know we know how that we've been investors in private companies. And a lot yeah. of times our due diligence is, well, we don't want to be the lead investor. We're going to wait for someone else to be a lead investor. And we just assume that they do the due diligence because they're way bigger than us. They have way more money at stake whoa, than us. Whoa, and we whoa, put a few whoa, dollars whoa, in at the whoa, end. Whoa, maybe you. <laughs> That's me. No, I will totally admit that I do, have not done due diligence on some of the private investments that I have made into private we're, we're companies. We're not investing other people's money, and we're That's not true. investing hundreds of millions of dollars of other people's money. So, so as the as one of the leads, so like I just think no, that and that's why I would rely on them to do the due diligence for me personally. I would rely on them, but I feel like there was such a FOMO going on, a, a gold rush, a mad rush for people. Anyway, everybody wanted to be involved and invested in FTX. I bet Chris Camillo, if you were given the opportunity to invest in FTX when the I market was. was on fire, you would have been like, I yeah, was. yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I, I would love to buy I, some shares. I, I, I was, I, I, the FTX opportunity crossed my path and I had really no, I mean, I was, I had no interest in it because I, I didn't know much about FTX. I, but I did know that everybody that I knew that was kind of an institutional guy, so pumped on them. I was like, why do you guys, the valuations I thought were insane. Like for me, yeah. I, I saw the valuations in the tens of billions of dollars. I was like, I don't understand why. Because at the time we invested in Coinbase privately, right? Remember that? That was our big trade. Was, yes. Uh, at, and Robinhood. Those, those turned out yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we, but, but we, they turned, both turned out great for me. I mean, I, I got out of, I got out of Coinbase, I think the day we got our share, literally the day it went public or the two days after or something like that. So that worked out great. And Robinhood worked out great because I got out of half my shares ready the day it went, the day we were able to sell. Um, but guys, like, I, I don't know. I think the due diligence process was absolutely insane for an institutional fund of that size. I think that's just totally inappropriate. It is what it is. I think the most interesting thing to come out of this, though, in terms of understanding the intelligence level uh, of Sam, is that I guess this video game that he played has various kind of skill levels, and he's been playing it for a couple of years. And evidently, he only got up to like a bronze, which people are like, that's a red flag to be playing that game for two <laughs> years and be it. No, I, I know it sounds stupid, but like he but obviously went to MIT. He's not ridiculous. You know, he, he's relatively smart, right, in certain ways. But that is kind of a red flag that he was playing that game for that long and was unable to get above what is a level that most people say a kid could easily get above. 
relatively quickly. I just know that he was also playing a video game during his investor presentation calls, and people were still blown away by what he had to say. They they all wanted to throw money at him. Yeah. So what, I, whether I he's good at playing a video game, game or not, he was really good at playing VC investors. Yeah. They all all the con men are. I mean, it, it's it's. But the crazy thing is, like, you look at him and you just think, yeah, he seems like a guy that's on amphetamines, right? Like, <laughs> he just seems like and taking sleeping pills at night. Like he's seen that, that disorderly. His hair, his 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 shirt on, has like stains on it, right? It, there and, was some patch that he's taking that is like a like an interdermal patch that if you it it makes you like like smarter, better focused. It's, it's like one of those uh, magic pills from that movie. I can't remember the movie. Yeah. It didn't work. Well, it so. sure got him ramped up to billionaire status in a hurry and it all came crumbling well, down even faster. Yeah. He, well, I'll tell you one thing, you know, guys that look like him, talk like him, act like him are going to have a very hard time raising money. I would imagine the next five to 10 years until forget again. Oh, anyone, anyone trying to raise money for a, any kind of a crypto platform, <laughs> like I feel bad for the legitimate people out there in the space who are trying to build something legitimate because they're not going to be able to get any investment dollars. I would think I wouldn't invest. I would have, I would have, I wouldn't have, I, I'm trying to think, would I have invested in FTX? I didn't have the opportunity to invest in it as a platform. I was given promotional opportunities to promote them. Um, but I didn't do any of that. I didn't do, uh, I, I was never uh, a paid spokesperson for any crypto platforms, even crypto.com, which I talked about their credit card a lot. I was net. Those were never sponsored videos. Those are just my, opinions. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was, I was worried about you. I was like, I, no, every no. time I see something about crypto.com, I'm like, Oh boy, now Dave's going to go down. I mean, I was using affiliate links, but I was I, like, I have a very distinct difference. I would always disclose these are affiliate links. I usually only would use an affiliate link if it gives the customer something better. Like you can only get your $200 of free stock if you use this link. Um, but no, I've never accepted any sponsorship dollars from any crypto companies ever. And you, you've also been pretty pragmatic with your viewpoints on when it was, when you thought it was good, when it was not good, what the risk yeah. factors were and what you were doing, you know, to, you know, to earn money from it. When I, when I talked about every, I got every crypto card ever issued, um, I, FTX was included and it was a card that there's no reason to even bother getting this card because it doesn't give you any benefits. I think that was my exact review. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, all right. So this is our last show. No, we'll have one more show before Thanksgiving. Yes. And, probably Tuesday. And hopefully none of us are sick by then. Because oh, can you imagine if we had to do the show sick. with the flu? <laughs> a show well, about right? the flu, like from bed. That'd be fun. Yeah, actually. Might, might as well. Um, honestly, guys, <laughs> I, I, I do want to say like, if you're watching the show right now, um, go do some research on how, how sick people are and who is benefiting and who's being harmed by that in terms of products, brands, publicly traded company. Um, please share your thoughts with us in the dumbmoney.tv forward slash discord community. <laughs> and th there could be some opportunities out there. Now, be careful because... The, like I said, it's the market, right? Like the market, <laughs> the markets it, is all that matters right now. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to place a trade on this show because I'm afraid to go all in on something when the stock, I still think 
we can't predict what's going to happen day to day, week to week with this market. And, and I say in the comments, uh, Trader Joseph at uh, says that we should check the uh, G trends on RSV. That's that's the other thing that is putting people um, in the hospital, children. Oh, so oh, that's yeah, something RSV. that well, in addition to the flu, we need to look at flu plus oh my RSV. Gosh. Can we just show that one chart right now, Dave? You have to do it. Just uh, RSV. give me a minute. Five year, five year RSV. U.S. or global doesn't matter. Trends.google. That is RSV. A wild Taylor Swift, of course, is right up there top. Oh, just at the past twelve months, but RSV wasn't even no, a thing. Nobody years. talked about it. So that I mean, yes, of course, the G trend is going to be like that because I guess it's a seasonal thing. August, uh, December, December. I don't know why there's a little August spike here in 2020. I know that's, yeah, December, this one's in August of 21, but uh, I'd never heard of RSV until this, like, past couple Good point. couple weeks. Good point. Uh, I, I think, well, definitely RSV is something people have talked about for a couple of years, but I, I agree with you that term is being more widely used generally, regardless of the people that have it now. Um, but we don't need to look at search trends for RSV. That, that's something that we can see stats on. Anyway, we'll pull all those stats. We'll have all the data for this sick episode. Uh, come with a creative name, Dave. But we will have that for you early next week, guys. Um, yeah, other than that, have a good weekend. So subscribe on your way out if you haven't already. Thumbs up on your way out if you haven't already. Uh, turn on notifications because that's the only way to know if we're going to be on. Uh, we have a podcast, which is basically a replay of this show. You can get it on Spotify and Apple. We have uh, a Twitter account at Dumb Money TV. We have uh, our own Twitter accounts, Dave Hansen, Chris Camello, and Jordan underscore McLean. I don't know how you got that uh, such a good domain there or uh, handle. Underscore, I did, underscore is literally Jordan's middle name. So it's really cool. Jordan underscore McLean. We're done money. See you next week.